Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. And let's dig right into the show. First off, here's a company called Tellinga, and they're going to tell us about the way they think they're going to breathe new life into direct mail. That's kind of an interesting story, so let's get over to the, the video about it. This is the best gift I've ever received. Telling a, like telling a story, illustrates your love story into a personalized gift experience that you'll cherish forever. Here's how it works. Step one, start by selecting a story length with options including one, three, six, and 12 part stories. Step two, type out your love story and upload a few photos. Step three, a professional artist will hand draw your love story on five by seven cards and then they'll mail them out to your recipient every week until your package ends. As you can see, I did a three part story, so let me walk you through my love story. My husband and I met when I was working as a cast member at Walt Disney World and we had our first date on the bridge here at Disney Springs. After three years of dating, he finally proposed to me on a golf course in Orlando. Finally. And we got married in February of 2020 in Huntington Beach, California. So as part of the order process, you actually get to decide if you want to frame your story, as you can see I did. This is the perfect gift for any relationship and it's completely personalized to meet your needs. Okay, so this is something, you know, that you could send to your girlfriend. I don't know that if my wife sent it to me, if I would care. Uh, but that's not where they're going with this. So let's get over to the, the real story here. And this is from Marketers Media. Let's get this a little bit bigger if we can. Let's see. Did we get that to work? Control, Shift, Plus. There we go. Okay. And... Uh, Tangible with direct mail, uh, telling them make social media. Anyway, they're going to tell a story. So they're saying that you can get uh, use this for business, right? Telling a plans to use utilize personalization and targeting to create effective, compelling direct mail advertising campaigns. So that's something. Okay, so I think the idea. Then the they said the ad will not only stand up, but be, but we guarantee that it will be seen by the recipient. Okay, well, it's a greeting card format, so you're you're in a good space there for getting it seen. And because it's a multi-part story that doesn't finish yet, uh, the, your recipient will have the thrill of waiting for the next installment to arrive. Now, um, as Claude Hopkins pointed out one time when somebody told him that... that uh, <laughs> that long copy didn't sell, he said, I can just tell you the headline and you'll read the whole page of it. And uh, he, he said, this, this story is about, then, then, you know, your name here. Uh, and so, yeah, well, the advantage in terms of the continuity and the story is that it's about the recipient, which you can't do with a direct mail campaign. Um, so I tried to figure out, oh, this is the part I like, according, said a company representative, they didn't even attribute it to anybody in particular, uh, telling us going to disrupt current direct mail advertising and become the pioneer physical social media advertising company. Okay, well, uh, I, I think that's probably what they tell their investors. At prob maybe it was Alex Kurkowski. I'll tag him in the, in the, uh. In the post but anyway you know i the best i could find it was three dollar cost per piece if you do bulk um 
because it's at as low as. And, um, you know, at $3, you'd be better off going on Fiverr and getting your picture rendered uh, and then take that to a real printer and do your uh, greeting cards that way. <coughs> I would say they can get them in the mail for a fraction of that cost and probably give you better list advice in the process. Okay, this is an article I was trying to get at, or I've been holding on to it for a long time. And it was about how to spot who's a real influencer compared to who, uh, of the influencers, who's actually influential, okay? And uh, it was much more interesting and complex than I expected. And that was a nice picture of a brain too, although, you know, slices, Taking slices out of the brain might be detrimental. But anyway, so marketers so far, according to this, can't accurately predict influence. Yet agency and brands still treat it like it's an ad buy. They bid for the attention of consumers without earning their trust. And without trust, you cannot turn the attention into influence. I thought that was a very perceptive statement. I hope you trust what I've got to say here. I don't know if you do or not. I don't get, I don't have much um, reach, but I like to think that at least we have some authenticity. It says the value, what you really need to know is the values and the motivations of the influencer. Like I, I like to get to the office and, and see what the news is. And, you know, I enjoy this and I enjoy getting the feedback and, and uh, you know, the WDMA, we have some good meetups and we have a lot of fun. The ingredient the, the values and motivations of an influencer and their audience is the ingredient that 90% of marketers are missing. Okay, and according to psychologist Alan Gray, who works with Talify, is the name of the company, Talify, who quantifies influencers. Uh, according to psychologist Alan Gray, he's got like 40 variables that you can look at. What I think is funny is that he's that, that his team is now building artificial intelligence to apply this knowledge at scale. Now, up above here, it said that it's a human behavior that influence is a human behavior driven by personal interactions, and yet down here we're going to have artificial intelligence tell you what's going on. Sounds a little suspicious to me, but anyway. Alan has latest research has published over 40 tips that brands can use to understand influencers better. Um, but what makes an influencer effective is the personal relationship and emotion. Okay, so you you think you're gonna you you hire an influencer and they have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, let's say, and um, and they are young and attractive or something like this, young lady, and all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden, it works great. So you look for another one like it, and it doesn't work. And what you have to understand is it's not just about followers and and demographics. It's uh, it's more complicated. So according to Gray, it's more complicated. Influencers who took their followers on emotional journeys drove better results in campaigns. And one of the things, I mean, this is actually tangible. He says a lot of times the influencers will mention a negative side of a product and they'll use phrases like, I'll be honest or don't get me wrong. Now, 
what I learned about influence is somebody says, I'll be honest with you, you might want to be suspicious of. <laughs> because, you know, they're trying to get your trust and maybe they aren't a trusting person. So anyway, they introduce doubt and negativity, but they also maintain the perception of trust and sincerity. You know, we never suspected he was an axe murderer. He seemed like such a nice guy. That's what I always think of when I think of trust and sincerity. Okay, um, so the important part is, the important part is that they're building trust and creating influence. Okay. And uh, so that was an interesting article, and it reminded me of an article that I wrote uh, long ago, probably, Integrity as a Modeling Variable, okay? And so this is one I have published on LinkedIn, along with 40-some other articles that I think are, some, some are better than others. Uh, our agency said that if we want to appeal to millennials, our message has to be authentic, and this is the authentic message the agency came up with. Could be the product's just no good, right? The dogs don't like it or whatever. And that was used with permission from Tom Fishburne. Okay, so anyway, what I had to say, and this is hard because I don't do this on myself. And I try, I, I said to myself, now you be as hard on yourself as you are on other people. Um, and, you know, all the articles are about how you need to understand your customers. Rarely is much detail offered, right? I thought it was interesting on that video talking about, uh, about integrity the video starts with this is the best gift i ever received and then she explains that she created it so maybe she's gifting herself but that doesn't count as a gift for me even though that's what i do you know my wife says just buy yourself something <laughs> but it's not you know i don't think that's really a gift so anyway she's kind of undermined her own integrity right there that she's basically lying to you because it's not really a gift even if it's the best thing anyway if it would have come from her husband maybe but would it have come from her husband probably not because he just didn't think of it in time uh so anyway uh everybody says you need to understand your customers and you, you can do machine learning or ai or like that last article said but almost nobody tells you what variables matter right uh, some will will sometimes tell you about recency frequency and monetary which are the foundational ones and they're probably the most powerful except in certain contexts um, our own system uses a is limited to 500 but even then mostly it's no more than about 200 are important but you rarely get a variable that quite fits what you're looking for so you might guess that soccer moms are driving SUVs, or I was talking to a retailer the other day, and they said they, they had a lot of SUVs in, in their parking lot. So maybe they should market to SUV owners. And, um, but the problem is, is that when, even, if, even if your Department of Motor Vehicles is still making that available, you probably will only match reliably a small percentage of your customers. Right, because it's maybe it's registered in someone else's name or a business name or who knows what else, but that's kind of the way it works. Okay. Now, so even if there's only 200 that matter, there's probably an infinite number of possible variables. 
you know, like, how far am I from the center of the sun? I mean, there's an infinite, there's, there's 200 billion stars in our Milky Way. So you could come up with a variable. How far am I away from Alpha Centauri? How far am I away from Cirrus? You know, <laughs> would any of those matter? I hope not, right? Maybe, maybe not. No, pretty much not. Because we have theories that, that separate the good variables from the bad before we start. And that's part of what humans bring to this. It's not just about big data. It's not just about how many variables you can pile up. But um, the most important variable in modeling, I think, is, or John thinks, we should say, is not in the customer database. It's the, it's the ability of the modeler to interact with the model and not kid himself. And that's integrity. Okay? And uh, the hardest part is taking variables that have a high correlation value, but you're pretty sure they're not going to work. Now, we do a validation. We separate a mail, the mailing results into two piles, basically. And, you know, that's why we tell our, our clients, we probably can't do much for you unless you're mailing at least 100,000 pieces at a time because we want to split that into 50,000 in the modeling pile and, and 50,000 in the validation pile. And what we're looking for is uh, continuity. Uh, we want to see if a variable, you know, maybe in one pile, um, you know, one guy who was a disabled veteran in, uh, well, a good example was in Fisherman. We, 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 we were doing prospect modeling, and we, so we looked at their prospect mailing, and we were looking for the, the response per zip code. And what we found was that in Arizona, there was, a, there was a zip code that had only one piece mailed into it, which isn't that uncommon out in the country. You know, even on a mailing list of 50, uh, of 500,000, you'll get lots of very zip codes that only have a couple in, going into them. And, but lo and behold, we got two subscriptions from that one mailer. And uh, so that was our best, our best zip code. And so whatever the whatever the geodemographic definition of that of that particular zip code, it would have an undue influence on our model. And that's when we changed the way we model, right? Because it was not statistically valid. And when we val and when we verified, did the validation, the characteristics of that one would disappear. Same thing happens with one big big order uh, in, when you're doing like business to business or business furniture or something like that. Uh, it can throw that stuff off. And so validation says, okay, is it found in both data sets? Doesn't mean it has to be, but if it isn't, you should be cautious. So, uh, but that process takes time. You know, one of the, one very famous modeler, one of the first people that got into this in direct mail, I won't say his name, uh, he was, but one of my clients told me that they had bought a model from him and they asked if the model had been validated. And he said, you have to pay extra for that. So anyway, uh, the, the tough part becomes when the client told us it was due next week, like a week from now, and actually it turns out it's due tomorrow. And, you know, with most large press runs, you can't just move your press date back a week because the modeler didn't get done in time. 
And so I wrote this article when I had just just found that out and was planning to stay up all night putting together a uh, a, a, a three-tiered model where we where we had three offers and we wanted to do those in a hierarchy and run our buyers through all three and meaning that there was one big model but there was three parts to it and there was probably 25 validations and looking it over and tr trying to think about it looking for something creative and then and then three separate pulls the next day so uh, I was going to be doing an all-nighter mostly just because that's what we do when no one's looking that's integrity and that's a tough deal so that you know you can take that or leave it I hope I'm I hope I've earned your influence I wanted to get to this direct mail trends briefly I I learned a lot in here this is from SQL response probably Eric Koenig but he's mentioned at the bottom so he had probably something to do with it marketers sent 33 billion pieces of mail in the fourth quarter um, and total volume for for 2021 was up 28%, which I thought was pretty great. Um, and retail and customer service mailers uh, <laughs> sent in uh, beat insurance as the number one mailer. That was Jim Coogan, a direct mail legend. And so I'll I'll get right back to him. Um, digital advertising burnout means that more people were looking to get into direct mail direct mail volume isn't just up uh, it's up in nine out of ten industries only banking was down and it was only down seven percent but it was up by an average of 59 percent and it was up compared to 2019 so the 2019 pre-pandemic volumes got beat by 30 percent according to Eric Koenig there it is and so and they've got a nice little infographic down there so uh, mail is where you want to be but you want to get it done with integrity like you know like telling you there's a simpler way to do that if you're just going to do one drawing and mail it out to thousands of people or hundreds of people if you want to do a sequence then telling a yeah telling a tell it like telling a story might be the place to go have a great day share and don't forget next Thursday at 2 p.m. Chicago time we'll have a meetup one of our classic meetups you probably already have our our link and our and our uh, on the uh, the email you can just click that button down at the bottom it's at the bottom and you'll be registered and the link is in the in the email so look for that or you can go to WDMA.org and I did put it up um, though the picture isn't right yet but it's up there have a great day bye bye